Welcome back to Fringe Spirit, Not Your Love and Light podcast. On today's episode, we're going to get into soul purpose and soul contracts, how to determine if you are in alignment with your contracts, what your contracts are, what your soul purpose is, and how to step into that timeline in which you are fulfilling your soul purpose. Before we jump right in, I just want to give a shout out to those of you who have been supporting me in this podcast, who have been sharing it, who have been liking it. You know, the messages are, you know, make it so worth it to do something like this that, you know, I don't get, you know, any monetary anything out of, right? This is just a hobby and something that I'm choosing to do to share all of this information. And for those of you who do not know, those of you who are close to me, you guys all know how I operate. All of the content that I share in all of these podcast episodes, unless I say otherwise, it's all stuff that I've received myself. So it is in a way subjective because I'm personally channeling it. However, you know, I'm receiving it from say, the source, right? Some of it is channeled from source. Some of it is channeled from beings. Some of it is through my own meditations, connecting with my higher self or receiving downloads to learn information, say, on transmuting energy or, you know, entities or portals or whatever the case may be. Uh, And a lot of it I've learned through my own personal experiences of healing and then working with other people through their shadow work or, you know, learning who they are and the planets that they come from and the species that they are aligned with and things like that. So take or leave, you know, any of the content that I share. Just thought I would put that out there. You know, none of it's researched in a book and regurgitated onto this podcast like some some platforms are. So yeah, it's a very vulnerable thing for me to share this type of information because it is what I've received, right? And I know it doesn't always align with what others uh, claim to be their truth, and that's totally fine. Okay, let's get into it now. Soul contracts. Okay, so soul contracts, blueprints, whatever term you want to put on it, everyone kind of has their own term. What are they? They are, in my opinion, from my perspective, Before we incarnate, essentially when we're kind of in this like in-between space, before we're, you know, incarnated into a new lifetime, whether that's on planet Earth or on another planet somewhere else, or maybe not even on a planet and just in some energetic form, when we're in this in-between space, essentially we are our higher self in this, in this period of time, right? It's we, we are choosing the things that we want to experience in the lifetime that we're about to embark on, right? About to incarnate into. It's, it's, it's kind of like an outline, right? Like it's not your, like every detailed thing. It's not today I wake up and I'm going to drink coffee. Tomorrow I wake up and I'm going to drink tea. Uh, Friday, I'm going to get up and I'm going to wear a green shirt, right? It's not that kind of stuff, but it's it's your bigger picture things that place you on the path to experience the things that you're trying to experience. So it's things like the planet that we're going to incarnate onto, right? We're choosing we are choosing. So this is something we all need to remember. 
This is why we really need to be standing in our power and take our power back. Because too many people think, well, I didn't choose this. This was forced on me. I didn't want to be here. I didn't want this. But we did, we chose this. We chose to be here. We chose, you know, our traumas. We chose our experiences and we chose them for a reason. And so when we can flip that around and really take accountability for, okay, so I had this horrible, abusive childhood. Why would I choose that? Well, okay, so maybe you chose it to clear some karma. Maybe you chose it to learn some lessons. Maybe you wanted to, maybe you hadn't had the experience of being abused. And our, what our souls are doing is trying to have various experiences. So maybe this time around, you decided to have the experience of experiencing abuse, right? You know, there's so many different scenarios. So again, we have to remember we're choosing all of these things. We're choosing the planet that we're going to incarnate onto. We're choosing the vehicle, right? The the body, essentially, that we're choosing to car- incarnate into, right? You chose if you wanted to be a male or a female. You chose if you were going to be this, you know, a super attractive, quote unquote, because it's subjective, right? Uh, female or male, or maybe less attractive, right? You chose blonde hair versus brown hair. You chose the ethnicity. Like, you chose a lot of these things. You chose the culture. You chose, you know, you chose your parents. And by choosing your parents, you're choosing the ancestral background, right? You're choosing the ancestral lineage, which includes all of the ancestral traumas and baggage and patterns. You're choosing that culture. You're choosing that ethnicity. You're choosing the geographic location, right? Simply just the choice of parents determines quite a bit. And sometimes when we're choosing our parents, they are souls that we have had other lifetimes with previously, but sometimes not. Maybe that that dynamic that they are in, those parents that you chose, have set you up to learn the lessons that you wanted to learn, to have the experiences that you wanted to experience. It's essentially we're choosing what lessons we want to learn, the karma we want to clear, and what we want to offer to humanity. And then we're basing... We're choosing the smaller things, right? The parents, the geographic location, maybe the college we go to, uh, may, you know, our partners in life, some of our friendships, you know, maybe even a teacher or, you know, other interactions, right? Or relationships. We're choosing those things in order to fulfill these big top tier things, the karma we want to clear, the lessons we want to learn, what we want to give back to humanity right? Experiences that we want to experience. So we're choosing to have potentially a narcissistic parent or a narcissistic partner or an abusive parent or an abusive partner or maybe a loving partner or a loving parent or maybe one of each. You know, the a lot of the dynamics that take place, we chose so that we could have those experiences, especially the experiences that we have in childhood because our childhood really creates our programming that we live with for the rest of our lives. Of course, it can change. And that's why we do shadow work to change that programming. But essentially, it turns us, you know, a lot of into who we're going to be. And 
again, we chose that version of ourselves that we kind of want to be in a way in order to do XYZ later on in life. So a lot of the things that happen in childhood, and unfortunately, a lot of the negative things, right? A lot of the traumas, a lot of the wounds, a lot of the programming, you know, it just, it's part of putting yourself in the position to clear certain karma, right? If you have karma related to disempowerment, you're going to choose either disempowering parents, right? Again, potentially narcissists or romantic partners that are super disempowering. If we are trying to clear, say, a witch wound type of karma, right? Where the fear of stepping into our metaphysical abilities, right? That's the witch wound uh, karmic pattern. You know, we're going to place ourselves into scenarios that challenge that and trigger that fear. You Maybe you place yourself into a household that has a lot of spirits or parents that have their gifts wide open or, you know, there's so many... There's so many intricacies into how this all plays out. So essentially, our soul count, there are blueprints. They are our, it's a big outline for our life. Things like who you're going to marry, maybe when you're going to get married, maybe where, you know, and when I say maybe, because sometimes certain things are irrelevant. Sometimes maybe the location you got married is completely irrelevant. Maybe it's completely relevant, right? Maybe there's an energetic portal there and it plays a huge role in, you know, how your marriage plays out. Who knows? There's so many components, but it's essentially a big outline. And, and whether or not we stick to them is really up to us, right? They're not, it's not set in stone. It is a, it is an outline. It is, these are the things, this is how I make my way through the lessons and the healing and fulfilling my soul purpose, right? This is the ideal way to go about it, but that doesn't mean it's the only way. And it doesn't mean it's going to just go seamlessly, right? So it's, it's up to us to stay aligned to them, right? So first, so, okay, so now you may be thinking, okay, so how do I even know what, what my contracts are? Like, what am I contracted here to do? So some things to really just think on, right? What are you drawn to, right? So think about that. Are you drawn to travel? Are you drawn to, like, you just have always wanted to to be a mother or a father and just have a big family and you're a nurturer? Are you so, so, so drawn to just helping people, right? You're that shoulder to cry on all the time. Maybe you're really drawn to nature or a geographic location or, I mean, it could be anything, a career path, right? What are you drawn to? And then so sometimes, again, what are your biggest struggles? Because think, back to the outline, our biggest struggles, chances are most likely we're contracted. So if you want to know something that you've contracted, what have you struggled with? And in turn, what did you learn from it? Because we, we're only placing struggles in our path to A, experience them and to learn what it feels like, but then 
also to to learn various lessons, right? It's what what did I learn from these struggles? And, you know, what are my fears? So for me personally, my biggest fears and my biggest struggles have been, or one of them has been kind of public speaking (laughs) and being seen for who I am and judged for it. I was a very, very shy child. I was that kid who got points marked off when we did oral presentations because I would stumble over my words and I would have a nervous tap and I just was so anxious. It was just a hot mess. (laughs) And there's just always been this fear of being seen and judged. Obviously, I have overcome and healed a lot of those wounds. Otherwise, I would not be here speaking to you right now, having this podcast, being vulnerable, sharing all of this stuff that I know there's plenty of judgment out there and plenty of eye rolls. And so many people that I know think she's out of her mind and what, you know, all kinds of things. And so it's, you know, what have you, what do you struggle with? What are your biggest fears? Because a lot of times our biggest struggles and our biggest fears align with our, our purpose, right? Which we'll get into in a, in a minute. But so what are your biggest struggles? Especially when you notice the patterns, right? If there's patterns, then that means it's more likely a karmic thing, but you probably came here to clear the karma. We, we choose the, the reason why a lot of times these karmic patterns keep repeating is because we, you know, when we're in this, you know, realm of essentially being our higher self, right? We can see from this higher perspective. We're, we're not in this lower density and these lower dimensions with this very limited perspective, very emotion based, right? You can see from this higher perspective and see things from a completely different viewpoint. You say, okay, this time around, I want to clear this karma and I'm, you know, we're going to, partner up with one of our soul family members, and they're going to be the narcissistic boyfriend to help you to clear this karmic pattern of disempowerment. However, unfortunately, when we then get into the incarnation, we A, we don't have that perspective of our higher self. We are so limited. We are in, you know, these low dimension bodies with these dense, this dense world and existence. And we don't remember any of the things that happened in previous lifetimes or that our higher self is like screaming at us, right? And so a lot of times we just keep repeating the patterns. If you look back at your life and notice the patterns, those are those karmic things. And you chose to experience them to clear them and heal them and learn the lesson. However, unfortunately, once we become a human, especially, I mean, it's not like it's our fault, right? It's really hard to be a human. It's really hard to exist in the society where we're just set up to fail in every, every facet, right? But we end up a lot of times not healing it. So that's when, you know, when you do the karma clearing type of work and you see kind of all of the fractals, all of the lifetimes that were affected by this initial thing. That's why sometimes there's so many because you go into it thinking like, I'm going to heal this. I'm going to clear this. And, and it, it's too hard and you don't even know that that's the goal, right? And you're too distracted by how to survive 
to, to even think about thriving, right? Okay. Where was I? Lost my train of thought here. Okay. So yeah, biggest struggles, our biggest struggles, and then our biggest traumas, right? So think back to your childhood. Even if you had an amazing childhood, I'm sure there's some things that you could point out that stand out. It doesn't always have to be some massive trauma. It doesn't need to be abuse. It doesn't need to be, you know, complete neglect where you're not being fed or abandonment where you're just, you know, left out in the cold, right? It doesn't have to be necessarily a a super dramatic, traumatic event for it to be traumatic to a child and therefore energetically stick with you and create a lot of your programming, right? It can be things like your parents worked 80 hours a week and they didn't spend a lot of time with you because they were working just to provide for you. And so you felt lonely, maybe you felt a little abandoned and you didn't feel seen or heard. And it wasn't because they didn't want to, it's because they just didn't have the time or capacity. But as a child, you're not thinking about it necessarily from their perspective. You're thinking, you know, I just want mommy and daddy. I just want to be seen and heard. And I just want some love and support and companionship, right? So it's not always things where a parent is doing anything intentionally to harm a child. So think back to to your childhood or your teenage years and think, you know, what traumas, like what what events, how did I feel? What what were some of these things that could have morphed me into who I am today? And then think, okay, so what can I learn from that? Like, why would I have chosen that? Why would I have chosen my parents to be absent and have to be very independent early on and and feel very lonely, right? Maybe there's a karmic pattern relating to loneliness that you need to clear. Maybe you you chose this hyper independence because maybe in the past you've been very dependent and and you decided that the way to fulfill your purpose was to be very independent or, you know, I mean, it could go on and on. There's limitless possibilities. So what are you drawn to? What are your biggest struggles? What are your fears and what are your biggest traumas? These are things that you can really help you point to what have you contracted for yourself? Because our contracts, again, they're they're the good and the bad. It's the traumas and the negative experiences, but it's also the very positive experiences. It's the beauty and the love and how you are going to fulfill your purpose. So it all all of it plays a has a purpose and plays a role, even the negative stuff. So even if there's something negative on your path, we still want to stay aligned to our contracts because again, we chose this from this higher perspective place that as a human, sometimes it can be hard to fully understand and, and comprehend like why you would choose XYZ. Okay. So how, how to stay aligned with our contracts? We want to figure out who the hell we are. <laughs> That is what it comes down to in a major way. The more that we find out who we are on a soul level, right? Beyond this 
fleshy meat suit that is this human body, beyond this planet Earth, this beautiful Mother Gaia, beyond you know, the argument that you had at work today or the relationship dynamic with your mother, right? Beyond all of these things, beyond your profession, beyond all your identifiers and who you are as a human, right? Find out who you are deeper, deep down. And then when you can, when we step into that, that is where we are fulfilling our contracts because then once we step into who we are on a soul level, that is us as close to embodying our higher self. And our higher self is essentially the energy, the perspective that shows the contracts in the first place. (laughs) So to stay aligned with them is to embody your higher self, to step into your highest timelines, right? So we want to figure out who we are. And, and beyond that, we, we want to be observant of the world around us, right? Be, observe everything happening. Watch for the signs, right? Signs are coming into your awareness all the time. But sometimes we tend to be, oftentimes, I should say, we're too busy. We're too overwhelmed. And again, it's not our fault. It's this, it's the human societal bullshit that I won't go down a rabbit hole rant on right now. (laughs) We are so busy that it tends to be so easy to overlook all of the signs. But we want to look at those signs because the signs are bringing us back to our path, back to our contracts, back to our higher self, right? If you keep seeing a blue jay over and over and over again, right? That's a sign you're on the right path, right? When you keep seeing synchronistic things, whether it's animals, numbers, colors, flowers, anything, car, anything that you just keep seeing the same thing over and over. I know, of course, you can Google it. What does this mean? And of course, you can go deeper into specific meanings. But as just a general rule of thumb, typically, if you're seeing things synchronistically, like, you know, I went through a summer where <laughs> I would see dozens of sunflowers every day. It's like I had never seen a sunflower in person before that year, weirdly enough. But sunflowers became my sign where every time I'd see a sunflower, I knew that this was a sign that I was on my path. It was my spirit guides, my higher self saying, you're doing it. You're doing it. Good job. Good job. And it was that constant reminder of, you know, and this was the summer where I did a lot of healing. I worked a lot on raising my vibration and gratitude and really just changing my mindset and perspective and being less of, say, a Debbie Downer (laughs) and just trying to find a more positive outlook, you know, coming out of, um, you know, an over decade long depression. So, and I would constantly get these signs. So for me, I started to notice, okay, my sign is the sunflower, at least right now. And that's telling me like, good job. And it's just kind of that like, that pat on the back, that motivation, or when you're, when you're questioning, like, is this the right move? And you know that like you have a certain sign if your sun maybe is sunflowers and you keep seeing sunflowers everywhere, right? You know, I'd go to clients' houses for my cleaning business and I look back now, some of the best clients that have become year, you know, clients I've had for years, 
I remember going to that walkthrough this summer and it's like they would have a sunflower, sunflowers on the table in a vase. They'd have a sunflower wreath on their door and it would be just this sign of like, this is in alignment. It's in alignment with for you to have this client like this. Maybe it's not a forever thing. Maybe this is a for now right now thing, but this is an alignment. And it was because I was shifting and transitioning from my office nine to five cubicle nightmare job into being an entrepreneur and working for myself, which is something I've always wanted to do. And of course, it's scary, especially the transition, but. I was getting these signs that were, this is right. Keep going. Keep doing it. So we want to pay attention to those signs because if we pay attention to the signs, I mean, you never have to have a conversation with a spirit guide. You never have to, you don't have to go super deep into your spiritual practice if you don't want to, to be aligned and to fulfill your contracts and your purpose. If you can just be observant of the world around you and observant of the signs that you're receiving, I mean, that's massive. It's massive. Okay. So in addition to that, we, we need to do the healing. We have to do the healing, the shadow work, and we need to develop our true sense of self, which means eliminating that false sense of self, that, that version of yourself that you think you are because society or your parents or your teachers or your partner or someone else told you you had to be, whether it was in childhood and your teens or whatever, right? It's you have to unpack all the bullshit to figure out who you are underneath it all, right? You have to do the healing. You have to do the shadow work. Back to my example of of transitioning to being an entrepreneur. If I hadn't done so much healing work around my self-worth, around my confidence, around my lack mindset, around my, like, I mean, the, the level of fear I've had my whole life over not having my, having money to pay my bills. You know, it, and that's one of the biggest things that comes up when you become an entrepreneur, right? But if I hadn't done so much healing in those areas, I wouldn't have gone through with following the signs to really building that business to where that business sustains my whole family. And so we have to do the healing, right? If you want to be on your highest timeline, if you want to be aligned with your contracts, because your contracts are never going to say, oh, no, you have nothing to heal. You're good. Nothing to work through. You're perfect. (laughs) I'm sorry, but it's just not the way it is. So we need to take a hard look at ourselves and do the shadow work, which means we have to address our triggers, right? We have to address our triggers. We have to address our expectations. We have to... We have to really look at our identifiers and our reactions and our judgments, right? When we're judging someone else, that's a, that's a shadow thing. When we're triggered, it's not the person triggering you's fault. They're not the asshole. You know, even if they're being an asshole, the reason that you are triggered is something within you. It's not simply because they're an asshole. (laughs) So to stay aligned with our contracts, we have to do the work. We have to do the inner work. And I know all every time we get into all of this stuff, the answers always do shadow work. (laughs) 
<laughs> and so I think I'm probably going to do an episode on shadow work next, even though there's 5 million of them that you can find out there. But um, yeah, shadow work, shadow work, shadow work. Okay, so you've done the work. You are following the signs. You're doing all these things. How do you know if you are on your or in alignment with your contracts? How do you know if you're on your path? Life just kind of becomes easy. And I don't mean that like just everything in life is easy. It doesn't mean that there's not struggles, but it does mean that opportunities are presenting themselves divinely. You're meeting people who are changing your life for the better. You are you know, finding the right doctor for your medical issues, or you are resolving some maybe health issues through, you know, healthy habits or energy work or inner child work, right? And just means that the things that are improving your life are coming to you versus you constantly grasping and it just feels like you're trying, 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 and nothing's working, right? For example, maybe there's this job that you really want, this this type of job, and you put out your resume to 50 places. You have the best cover letters. You're making phone calls. You're networking. You're doing all of the things, and yet you still cannot get an interview to save your life. Or you do get the interviews, but you just can't keep, you can't land the job to save your life. It just doesn't seem to be working. It's like you're doing everything right and it's not working. That is a sign that that job is not in alignment with your contracts, right? Whereas if that job was in alignment with your contracts, you would so, you know, divinely network with the perfect person that had the right connection to, to get you an interview with the right person, with the perfect company that has that job that you want, right? That's a sign that it would be in alignment with your contracts. And for, you know, a job to be so obviously not a part of your contracts, that means that there is something career-wise that is more right for you that you've contracted, right? So things are just easier. Life is harmonious and you just feel like you're just in flow. When you feel like you're in flow state and things are just working for you and with you and like it's like you and life are just tag tag teaming everything together, it just feels right, that's a sign that you're in alignment, right? Versus... If you're being in a place of resistance or expectation or attachment, right? Again, when when there's a constant pushback or resistance or you're trying, trying, trying and it's not working, it's probably just not aligned with your path like we were just saying with the job. And the same can go for a partner. Maybe Maybe this partner is not for you and you keep trying to make it work and it's just like not working. Or maybe it's just not the right timing, right? So... It's not always that the thing itself is not aligned. It could be that maybe you're not in the space to be aligned right yet, right? So maybe think back to the partner example, right? You find this perfect partner and you really want them to to like you and to notice you and to feel the same way about you. And it just doesn't seem to be working. Maybe you are not the version of yourself that is meant to meet that person quite yet. 
or you haven't done the healing and things are not aligning. So if things are not aligning, you have to really think about, is there something I need to heal, right? So think the job, for example, the job example where you're sending out your resume and not getting anything. Do you have some confidence issues or self-worth issues? Those types of things. Or so that's where first it's, do I have, is there a shadow component here? Is there something subconscious? Is there something that needs to be healed that is getting in the way of me, of things aligned and feeling right and easy? And then when you're like, no, like I don't, it doesn't seem like that's the case, then it's probably just not aligned. It's just doesn't, it doesn't align with where you're trying to go. Maybe back to the job example, you have contracted yourself to be an entrepreneur, to create a business and to work for yourself. And taking that job means, you know, the likely likelihood of the timelines where if you take that job, most of the timelines that come from that are where you are at that job for the rest of your life. And therefore, you never even think to start your own business or be an entrepreneur, right? Maybe the job would be amazing and you would be happy and that's why you would be there forever and things would be good, but you wouldn't be fulfilling some bigger component of what you've contracted for yourself. I hope that makes sense. So, okay, so let's let's shift gears to sole purpose. Granted, just contracts and purpose, I mean, it's all one and the same in a lot of ways. So, when when we get into like our spirituality, I find a lot of us get very into what is our sole purpose. First and foremost, we want to make maintain a balance. So go back and listen to, you know, if you are here because you really want information on how to figure out your sole purpose, please go back and listen to the episode on um uh, I think it's called Human versus Soul Balance. Because what happens, and I fell prey to this as well. We get really intrigued by the thought of, I have a bigger purpose. There's something destined for me. I am destined for more. I'm not destined to be a cashier at this crappy store, right? And it is such a, it's almost like an adrenaline boost. It's like, um, it's like, uh, the runner's high. Like when you work out and you have that, like that high afterwards, it kind of feels like that of like, Oh my God, what is this thing? Like this thing is going to solve my problems and then I'm going to be happy if I find my sole purpose. And yes, you're going to feel fulfilled 100%, but we don't want to forget our human self and, and things that make our human happy, like hobbies and going out in nature and things like that, being very grounded and present in this human incarnation. So please make sure you have that balance with fulfilling what your human needs while simultaneously finding your sole purpose and fulfilling that as well. So, uh, a lot of, let's go, um, let's talk some kind of common spiritual purposes. Cause if you're here, chances are you are a spiritual person and you probably have a purpose that aligns with something spiritual, right? So some purposes that we come here, if we are here to embody our spiritual side and utilize our metaphysical abilities, you know, we might be a grid worker for the planet. So what does that mean? You could be working on, say, the ley lines. You could be working on transmuting portals at these um, hot spots where 
the energy is really high where you typically have like ley lines. You could be working on the actual planetary grid that is around the planet. You could be working within the grids within the planet. And so it, what it comes at, that's very behind the scenes work. It's very thankless work. You're not going to get paid for it. Chances are no one's ever going to know that you're doing it. You may be doing it in your sleep and you may not even know it. <laughs> if you're really, really tired, no matter how much sleep you get, chances are you're doing some stuff in your sleep. It could be, you know, some grid work or planetary work. Could be, you know, a million other things as well. So you could be doing work for the planet. You could even be healing the planet. You know, the while collectively humanity is raising our vibration and we're healing, so is Mother Gaia. You know, she has a consciousness too and she is healing and she's raising her vibration. So you could be doing work with Mother Gaia or the nature spirits or the elements, right? So there's a lot of planetary work that a lot of people are doing. You could be transmuting a lot of the darkness within the planet, right? Like if you find yourself really working with things like dark entities and things like that, you know, yeah, you're helping individual people, but you can be doing that work on a larger scale that helps the planet as a whole. You know, Mother Gaia, the planet, she has karma too. And so I've seen where there's some people who have purposes that are similar to this, right? So think back in history to where really traumatic events happened, like wars, genocides, you know, a lot of killing and massacres, things that happened on the land. Of course, everything happens on the land because we're living on the earth, but you know what I mean. That energy, that karmic baggage, that karmic debt and the karmic cycles and all the energy and spirits and fractals trapped there and entities created from those events, that has a big imprint and an influence on Mother Gaia. And those locations need a lot of healing. And you're helping, yes, the fractals of the souls that are trapped there, but you're also helping Mother Gaia because it's like that like mm, black, nasty, gnarly, low vibrational energy generated from this violence seeps right into her pores, which would be the land, right? And so a lot of people, it's like they just, they are here to heal the land. And so you find those people tend to be like, they travel a lot and they just go to where they're drawn. And sometimes it's just their energy. And by being there, it just heals it. You're not always even doing it consciously. So you could be grid workers or heal or healing the planet or doing any sort of work with the planet, right? And it can even go deeper within the, the layers of the planet. It doesn't even always have to be like the surface level. You could be a holder of space, as I would say. Um, you know, those people that just, they can hold space. And what that means is, at least from my perspective, people who can hold space on a, a, a strong level they make people feel safe. And when people feel safe, people can do anything. The biggest obstacle most people need to overcome is feeling safe because it, it gets in the way of so many things. Feeling safe to be yourself, feeling safe to face your traumas, feeling safe to heal your traumas, feeling safe to embody who you are, feeling safe to go out there and go after what you want, feeling, you know, it, it, safety 
and you know, lack of safety. Well, a lot of us subconsciously don't feel safe in a lot of different areas, and we don't even realize that that fear, that lack of feeling safe is what is holding us back from a lot of things. And then you just have these people who their presence, their energy just makes you feel safe. You know, um, my my friend and I, we do these big group energy circles often. We, and we do energy work, but then we also guide people to do the energy work. But one of the biggest things that, or one of the biggest feedbacks, but also intentions that we place into it is we're creating a safe space, a safe container for all of these individuals to be in, to allow themselves the safety to access what they want to access, to connect with their higher self, to connect with their spirit guides, to connect with their soul family, to heal their traumas. And I'd say one of the number one feedbacks that I, that I get from those types of events that we do is the safe feeling that people have. And so some people just have a natural innate ability to hold space. They're not doing anything intentionally. It's just who they are. And if you think about it for a minute, who you feel safe to be vulnerable with, who you feel safe to cry in front of, who you feel safe to call and ask for something at any time of day or call at one in the morning if you need something, that is your, your holder of space, you know, and maybe that's you. So that's, that's another common one. Uh, healer again, which kind of overlaps with healing the planet, but you know, healing people. You know, if you went through a lot of traumas and difficulties that you had to spend decades healing yourself, you're probably gonna, you're probably here to be a healer for others. We all have the ability to heal. So that's not to say if your purpose is not to be a healer that you're not a healer, right? We all have the ability to heal. You know, I can do amazing healing work with people. I, I firmly do not think that my purpose here is to be a healer. That doesn't mean I can't heal myself and heal others, right? Some people, that's what they chose to come here to do. So this comes back to we're choosing this. You know, from all of your past lives, you have acquired a certain set of skills. <laughs> and you take those skills and you decide, you know, what what skills do I want to utilize in this incarnation to help people? It doesn't mean it's your only skill. It doesn't mean it's even your best skill. It just means that this is something that you have honed, an ability that you have worked with and you've you've gotten very good at and you're coming here to to bring that, right? So it doesn't mean that you're not going to feel like multiple of these are relevant for you, right? Okay. So yeah, you could be a healer and that could be anything from, from being a therapist to being an energy worker to kind of meshing the two and kind of doing shadow work or guided meditations and things like that. Um, okay. Uh, teacher, that's another big one. So another big, broad category of soul purpose is being a teacher. That means that you are, you're paving the way for others. You, if you are a teacher, in my opinion, a lot of the teachers didn't have a teacher. <laughs> they didn't have a mentor. They had to learn everything the hard way. They had to learn it themselves and, the reason being is they had to kind of go through this trial and error process to learn what works and why. It, it is, you know, think back to the, the best teachers you've had in your life. The teachers, you had the teachers who said, this is the answer. 
Just memorize it. And if you said, well, why? And you asked deeper questions, they said, it doesn't matter. Just this is the answer. The teachers that really taught you something, the teachers that you probably remember as, and they don't even need to have the title teacher, right? It could be a friend. It could be a parent. It could be an aunt or an uncle. It could, it could be anyone that could play the role of teacher. But the teacher teaches you the why and the how and all of the intricacies behind it. And they learned the whys and the hows by experience. The best way to learn those things to therefore teach it to others is to experience it yourself. Personally, I remember years ago when a lot of this stuff first started happening for me, I was really seeking out a mentor. I just wanted help. (laughs) I wanted help so badly. And it was like everything that I tried just fell through. I tried to get into this and, and they didn't have enough spots. I tried to, you know, it just one thing after another. Again, this is the, a sign, a perfect example of like something not being in alignment. It was not in alignment with it for me to have a mentor or a teacher or something like that to work one on one with. And I, I did, you know, receive the message. You have to learn it this way to, in order to relay this information to others one day. And I remember receiving that message, rolling my eyes, like the deepest eye roll you can imagine. Like, I mean, I was in a low space. Things were really hard (laughs) at the beginning for me, if anyone knows my story. And it took me nine months to learn how to transmute an entity. And during those nine months, uh, I got terrorized. It was in my house. I couldn't get rid of it. I could get rid of it maybe temporarily and it would come back. And, you know, these things, they just, they tormented me for a long time. And I call it my dark, my dark shit boot camp. And that is, it is because of those nine months of being fully aware of what's happening and trial and error over and over and over and over again that taught me so much of what I know about the dark world, these different dark beings, what they do, how they act, tactics they use, all of these things, right? If I just had a, a mentor come right out and say, this is how you transmute an entity, I wouldn't have that deep experience of what it feels like to have an entity around or to have it influencing me or affecting me or affecting my children or affecting the energy in my house or affecting my husband or, you know, the different scenarios and ways that they, you know, they get very creative, right? So teachers, that's a big category. And if you find that, you know, you kind of go at it alone and you just can't really find that perfect kind of teacher you know, maybe it's because you're supposed to learn it the hard way so that you can be the teacher, you know, just food for thought. Uh, another common soul purpose type is the communicator slash messenger. You could, these people tend to be really amazing channelers. They receive messages and relay them. They tend to be really good channelers and mediums, you know, they, you know, 
yeah, essentially they they're relaying messages to people, whether it is from their pet, from a loved one who has passed, from their spirit guides. You know, it could be individualized, personalized information for one in one specific person, or it could be broad, right? It can be this is a message that humanity needs to know. Humanity needs to know this is the phase that we're going through. This is what they should be focusing on. And, you know, you probably, if you're in the spiritual community, you know those people and you know which ones resonate with you. And those are the kick-ass, amazing messengers that are here to, to provide big picture insight for the world. So communicators and messengers, it's a big one. And again, remember, you may feel like a lot of these hold true for you. And because I myself, I do all of these. (laughs) And that doesn't mean that they're all supposed to like what I'm here as my big grand purpose to do. You know what I mean? Um, So another, another big purpose type I would call kind of the facilitator slash activator. These are the people who work with people and they turn on their abilities. They get them using their abilities. They tap them into their soul. They turn on dormant aspects of themselves. You know, they, they, they can, they have this ability to just like turn you on. Turn on your clairs, turn, you know, activate certain things within you and facilitate different energies, right? I do a lot of facilitating in a very specific way. So when I work with people, no session is identical to another because I don't just have some routine of this is how it goes, especially when it comes to like energy work. I always allow myself to be guided and I look at myself as the facilitator between the client and whether it's their higher self or their spirit guides. I'm just this facilitator to either relay the message or do the work that they're guiding me to do, right? I may go and do some weird energetic work that I've never done before because that's what I was guided to do because I am just this facilitator, this in-between person to do the work, but I'm not choosing it, right? It's really, you're kind of just this in-between person. There's many different ways that one can be kind of a facilitator or an activator, right? Again, you have some people that just, they just can turn you on, right? They can activate things within you. So... Those are some of your your big top tier, I guess, broad categories because it can get very specific underneath that if you have a very spiritual kind of purpose. So again, they're very broad and it can be very up to us on how we choose to fulfill them. And again, right now at this time, a lot of our purposes, especially if you're listening to this, which means you're awake to the reality that there's more than just our human selves, right? A lot of us are having, have these bigger purposes because we're in a very big shift right now. So we need a lot of very big spiritual gifted individuals and souls to really facilitate the change, right? Facilitator. Um, a lot of what we're doing as we are healing, is also healing the earth and is undoing some of the wrongs that we've done, again, as we've cleared, as we clear our karmic debt. So not only are we here to bring something and to offer something, sometimes we're here to, A, like I had said, to clear our karmic patterns. Those are the traumas. 
But our karmic debt is a really, it's another big category. And, you know, there's a lot of undoings that, that get done while we're healing. And sometimes we're not always just undoing our own. Think back to the example that I had uh, mentioned of healing the land where these big, um, typically violent events took place. You know, you're working through and you're helping Mother Gaia release some of this energy. And through that and through the energy that you're clearing, so think, okay, think about say, a big massacre or a big war. A lot of individuals died. There were a lot of power-hungry, bad individuals, potentially, and then a lot of maybe innocent individuals. Uh, you know, think like a big, gruesome massacre, right? Uh, there are the the victims who have the karmic cycles, the traumas to clear. And so they have fractals in spirit form, typically, that are trapped within that space. Then you have the quote-unquote bad guys, right? The the ones who did the killing, that they have karmic debt because they did quote-unquote bad things, right? They, they did something to harm another. And so they that energy is stuck to the earth. And those a lot of times end up being more entity-type uh, fractals. And then all of that is kind of just seeping into Mother Gaia. So then Mother Gaia needs to be healed. So some people go to these places, whether physically or even just astral travel, and they can clear a lot of that. And what it does is it helps to clear Mother Gaia, but it almost like you can't necessarily just heal someone's fractal fully without you know, overriding their free will and without them doing a component of it, whether it's just accepting it or giving permission. But it's like you can kind of open the door for that for them and you can make it easier for them. So we have a lot of our own karmic debt that that we clear. We can help to facilitate the clearing and healing of karmic cycles and karmic debt for others. And that sometimes can even be your purpose. That can even play a role. But again, we're here to sometimes undo some of the wrongs that we have done. If we were the bad guy, right? We want to heal that. And sometimes when we clear and heal our karmic debt, so back to the massacre, if you maybe you were the bad guy, maybe you're the general of the bad guys, right? When you, if you are that person, it might sound horrific and you might be like, oh my God, I never want to be that person. But if you were, you also have a lot of power in that if you are choosing to heal that. So you heal and clear that karmic debt. And through that, a lot of times you may be guided to send healing to all of the victims, everyone that you hurt. So if you played a role in hurting hundreds of people, while you heal and clear your karmic debt, you're simultaneously helping to heal all of those fractals as well. So karmic debt stuff can be really massive, especially depending on how expansive it is. And again, that can be part of what we're here to do, our purpose of what we want to give and what we want to heal, right? Our, our purpose, what we're here to do, there's always half of it is what we want to offer to humanity and help. And half is what do we want to heal and clear energetically. Okay. And again, some people get really attached to the idea that their sole purpose is going to be a career. 
It doesn't always have to be a career path. It can be related to your parenting. Your purpose could be maybe you are supposed to be a teacher, but you're not going to be a teacher in a classroom. Maybe you're, maybe your purpose is to be a teacher for your children because maybe your children need you to teach them all the things that they're not going to learn from the actual academic teachers. And they, maybe they have massive purposes where they're going to change the world, but without having you as their parent to teach them the way, they never have the ability to fall into that role. Right. And they chose you. So. It can be related to your parenting. It can be related to your friendships and your relationship dynamics in your life. You know, it can just be by being you. Again, maybe you're that holder of space. Sure, you can get creative and make a career out of it if you really want to, but it doesn't always have to be that way. It can just be that you are that person that makes people feel safe. And again, back to it could be doing work for the planet. Good luck getting paid for that one. Okay, so to, to, to wrap it all up, how do we find what our soul purpose is? So A, think about what, of everything we talked about, what resonates with you? What resonates of everything that we talked about? Sit with that. At any point, you can just pause this and just journal, right? Journaling is the best way to like really dive deep into who you are. So things to think about when you're thinking about what is your soul purpose. Again, what are your biggest struggles? So take a minute, again, maybe pause it and, and brainstorm about what you've struggled the most, right? Is it healing from trauma? Is it loving yourself? Is it standing in your power? Is it embodying your divine feminine? Is it embodying your masculine and taking action? Is it making genuine connections and relationships with people, right? Who, what, of, what, of, what of those do you struggle with, right? And then what are your biggest fears? Again, think about what your biggest fears are. I talked about what mine were and how obviously like public speaking and being seen, right? This is what I'm doing. I could not be more vulnerable in this moment and I could not be more of a public speaker as far as, you know, a lot of things go right now by sharing this with literally anyone in the world that wants to listen. And those were my biggest fears since childhood, So think about it for a minute, what some of your biggest fears are. Public speaking is a big one. And and if if that's one of your biggest fears, you're probably shy and you're probably meant to be a leader. If one of your biggest fears is being alone, for example, you're probably very codependent. And it means that maybe you're meant to harness your power and independence and you're meant to be extremely empowered and standing in your power. You're meant to learn the lesson of empowerment, stand in your power, and maybe even teach that to others and show other people because you know what it feels like to be disempowered and to feel lonely, that you can help those that felt that way, right? The things that you fear and struggle with, you have that experience. And so there's something about that that is going to play a role in what you're here to do and to help people with. Maybe one of your biggest fears is failure, right? And that means you probably don't take chances. You care a lot what other people think of you. And that maybe means that you're meant to be bold. You're meant to take chances and you need to push yourself right out of your comfort zone, right? Jump right off the cliff and grow those fucking wings. <laughs> maybe one of your biggest fears, this is one of mine, um, one of my other ones, feeling uh, unfulfilled or, or living a life 
never feeling fulfillment, where maybe then you find you're chronically depressed or have been suicidal, you live on autopilot and you just kind of exist, kind of an apathy land. And maybe that means you're meant to expand your mind and consciousness, right? You're, you're meant to find more. Not wait for more to find you. You're meant to find it yourself. Maybe that means you need to go sit your ass down in meditation and start getting some downloads, writing that shit down and learning from the source itself. Don't wait, don't wait for life to happen to you. Go take advantage of, of the opportunities that you have and, and go make the life that you desire and you want. Okay. Another, another way to kind of hone what is my purpose? What are some of the themes in your life? The experiences in your life, right? Take a minute. Again, this is, this is all good journaling exercise. What themes do you have in your life? Do you attract toxic romantic partners? Do you attract people who need you or need to be healed or fixed? Do you attract people who disempower you? Are you codependent? Are you dissatisfied with every career you've ever had? Are, do you have a lot of traumas? Do you struggle with some physical illnesses? Maybe you just have a lot of physical health issues or mental health issues. Maybe you, maybe you have a pattern of loss and grief and you just find that you've lost a lot in your life. Maybe you have a, have a pattern of, uh, not taking action, right? We have those people that they have all the ideas in the world, but they never actually do anything with it, right? So think about what themes that you have in your life. And then again, some more journaling exercise. What sparks your rage? <laughs> what sparks your rage? The th- take a minute, brainstorm. What sparks rage in you the most? Is it injustice? Is it freedom? Is it the is it government or politics? Is it child abuse? Disempowerment? That for me is a big one. That one really like I can feel it every time. <laughs> I hate I hate people. I hate when people feel disempowered. It hurts me. Hurts my soul. Uh, what sparks your rage? Uh, low vibrational people who refuse to change, being told what to do, racial inequality. I'm just throwing out examples. Women's rights, cultural appropriation, domestic violence, the justice system, human rights, mental illness, people not loving themselves, right? Of all those things, if you, you know, or maybe you have another one to add, what do you feel rage? Because rage is, equals passion, right? Rage tends to, tends to equal passion, And then what are your strengths? So again, you need to sit down and you need to really dive deep. No one else can really figure out your purpose for you. Sure, you can go to someone and they can tell you, but you're not going to believe it until you see it for yourself. So what are your strengths? Is it confidence? Is it your ability to be vulnerable? Do you find that you're very in touch with your emotions? Do you love yourself? Are you compassionate? empathic, empowered, hardworking, logical, big picture thinker, big picture seer, creative, imaginative, loving, nurturing, fearless, brave. Are you a leader? Do you work well in collaboration? Are you rebellious? 
Are you an entrepreneur? Are you intelligent? Are you resourceful? Right? These are just some examples of, you know, what are your biggest strengths? You're going to, you're going to see patterns. If I'm, if you take all of this and you do decide to sit down and journal with it, you'll see patterns. And if you sit with it long enough and really be honest with yourself, it will come to you. It will be so easy. So then lastly, what brings you joy and sets your soul on fire? What sets your soul on fire? So think about it. What what sets your soul on fire and brings you joy? So is it things like spending time in nature? Is it exercise or physical activity? Is it spending time with your kids or your friends or your partner? Is it succeeding in your career? Is it spending time with animals or your pets or maybe some volunteer work? or creating art, right? Like what sets your soul on fire? What? So there's this thing, it's um, core desired feelings. I did not come up with this. It's actually, I learned it from Katie Boyd. I don't know if she came up with it or if she found it elsewhere too, but that's who I learned it from. Uh, Katie Boyd, she actually has her own podcast as well. I would totally recommend to anyone. It's called Ambitious. But I, I took, um, I did a little like retreat thing with her. And one of the things that my big, one of my biggest takeaways was core desired feelings. And kind of what you do is you think about your perfect day and you can do this in through, through meditation. You know, what is your perfect day? Maybe you're just sitting on the beach relaxing and you don't have to rush to go anywhere and your kids are playing in the sand and everyone's happy and relaxed and no one's rushed and, Everyone's happy, right? You're outside, you know, feeling nature, whatever, whatever your perfect day looks like. And then you need to pick three to five words to describe how you feel in that moment. You feel, I feel relaxed. I feel at peace. I feel confident. I feel fulfilled. I feel empowered. Whatever the words are, pick three to five and they can change over time. And Basically, what you do with these words, you th- you write them down or you have them with you at all times, you, at least in your mind, I guess. And whenever you're going to make decisions, whether it's a job, uh, you know, should I go out with this person? Should I, you know, friendships, relationships, you know, th- anything that you choose and decisions that you're going to make. And should I move or should I not, right? Think about those core desired feelings and will you feel those if you say yes to the thing. And I started using that in a lot of my decision-making and it has been a game changer. And so it has helped me to stay aligned with my contracts, but it also makes it clear, it brings you to what brings you joy. Because you want to be feeling how you feel on your perfect day, but all the time, right? So... You know, when you're thinking, you know, maybe this is my purpose. Okay, so if I step into that purpose, will I feel relaxed? Will I feel empowered? Will I feel confident? And will I feel fulfilled, right? Will I feel at peace? So it can really help you to narrow down, like, what is right for you? Sometimes we find, and I I fall into this, I end up doing things that 
make me feel good because I know I'm helping others. And so, and I'm good at it. So I find I end up, I have in the past gravitated towards things. I'm good at it. So I'm going to do this because I'm good at it and I get the good feedback. I feel a confidence boost. I feel good about myself and I'm helping someone. And it's easy for me because I'm good at it, right? But when I think about like, do I feel fulfilled? No. Do I, you know, do I feel at peace? No. You know, I don't feel all of those things. And, you know, it's actually more of a shadow thing for me that, you know, my worth is based in XYZ, right? So it can help you to differentiate why you're doing the things you're doing. You know, why am I, I'm doing this, which is really just because I want to feel confident. I want to feel good about myself and I want to help others, but it's not actually helping me. It's not aligning with my core, core desired feelings, right? So, okay. This is going on way longer than I expected. So again, take this moment, you know, do some journaling on these things. I'll, I'll say them again real quick. What are your biggest struggles in this lifetime? Write that down. What are your biggest fears in this lifetime? What are some themes of your life? What sparks your rage? What are your strengths? What brings you joy and sets your soul on fire? Right? So write all that stuff down. Journal about it. Give yourself like a good hour and really like sink into it. Look at what you've written, written down. The things that are are maybe negatives are things that you're currently healing or have you or you've already mastered. What sparks your rage may be areas where you can apply what you're mastering. What brings you joy is something to incorporate into it. And then just take it all and like how can you create something out of this? Like what you know, this is where you got to get creative and realize that you can create anything from anything, right? We live in this world where it's like be a doctor, be a lawyer, you know, you have these set examples of like, this is the path and this is what it looks like. And we're coming into this reality where we're really starting to realize that, you know, seeing all these people doing various weird random things and for a living. And again, it doesn't always have to be a career. And, but they're just getting creative with it, right? I have a friend who she's a beautiful, uh, intuitive, what's the word? Intuitive. She just, her, her, she's an intuitive, creative artist. And she does these channeled, intuitive, personalized drawings for people. She did one for me and it's one of the coolest things ever. But that's a perfect example of like taking something like like art, right? I, I imagine that's something that sets her soul on fire is art, right? Artistic expression. And, you know, take some of her strengths like channeling and her intuitive abilities. And she just, she molds it into this thing that is a very unique thing. And it's just so beautiful. So get creative with how you play out your soul purpose. It doesn't need to be, oh, well, if I'm a healer, that means I got to be a Reiki master. No, you can be so many things. It's limitless. So I hope that this helps. And I hope that you are one step closer to finding and stepping into your soul purpose and staying aligned with your contracts. And with that, I'm going to call it here and I will talk to you all next time. Bye.